This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, Tinsley Law and Title, and Gibson Pharmacy. Their sponsorship allows me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by shopping these local businesses and by following each of their Facebook pages. All right, hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the courtroom of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. How are you doing today, Judge? Doing great, Michael. How are you? I am awesome. I am so angry about COVID <laughs> right now and about yes. testing protocols, but we're going to get into that a little later. bit later. Right. Because we want to start with something really important, so folks... Hang in there. We're going to talk about COVID. But first, I want to talk about the census. The census is so important, particularly for rural areas, I believe. And we are coming up on the deadline. The deadline to respond to the census is September 30th, the end of this month. Judge, tell listeners why they should respond to the census. Census responses are very important in the fact that, as everyone has heard or will hear, is that based upon census data, division of house seats, divisions of grant money, all types of funding dealing with the federal government are allocated based upon census, uh, even in the state with its grant programs and, of course, the redistricting that takes place out of that, the positioning you could possibly have, depending on your growth, a different representative in the Texas House or even the Congressional House. Based off of census, and even more locally, you could even have be put in a different commissioner's precinct. Census drives so many things, and it truly is very important for everyone that an accurate, complete count as can be made is actually reached. Okay, so just as an example, uh, now the census is something that happens every 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is not something that happens, you know, all the time. The last census, um, one thing that happened was our county, as far as its uh, representation at the state house, part of our county ended up in a different state house district and the um the west side of cedar creek lake Mm -hmm. ended up being connected to ellis county yes and the rest of henderson county ended up being connected to kaufman county that's right you know the trinidad area and up the western side of cedar creek lake were taking out of the um fifth district um, yeah, the 5th District, and placed, and I am not can't remember off the top of my head that number, but put in there actually causing for less of a representation in one single district, which, of course, causes for um, what some say is some loss of influence. Right. Now, see, the important thing, so people would say, okay, so what's the, what's the big thing about that? All right. Well, if Henderson County has a specific problem— mm-hmm. It's a really hard for Henderson County to try and uh, get any influence. Now, uh, I, I don't want to say anything about our oh, ex- particular state <laughs> reps. Exactly. Don't, don't, uh, 
we have been blessed yes, with yes. having state, wonderful state, state representatives. Do not. You're right. Do this, not. Do not get mad at me. We always. I'm terrible about always going to the numbers and yeah. whatever the numbers tell me. If yeah. I have less numbers, that means I'm at a weaker position. But right. Well, we, we have great. We we not, have. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not. <laughs> let's 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 go there. We're not saying the guys who are in the state house are not taking care of Henderson County. Right. However. If someone from Henderson County wanted to run for office, mm-hmm. it would make it difficult for them because the Henderson County vote is split. That's right. The, the Kaufman County has a higher influence because they have a whole county and they have a much better chance of holding that office. Right. And same thing over in Ellis County. Mm-hmm. And so we lose that possibility. In fact, having a local representative. The right. last time right. our state rep mm-hmm. was from Henderson County, Clyde, Clyde Alexander. Clyde Alexander. That's how long it's been since Henderson County had someone in the state house. Right, right. Um, and that's what happens when you have a census. It is. Uh, And that's how keeping that parity and so that every individual's vote has the same authority or the same power, same weighted power is based upon the census so that you have to have so many in this geographical location balances the other so that as that individual votes for their representative commissioner all of those that their vote weighs just as much as an individual in another district or precinct so i think that's great you brought that up because i think that when we see the census it is a federal census it's the u.s census people automatically think of you know the federal level they think about um this is where we're actually going to find out how many uh, people are in Congress because it'll be based on how many people there are in the country mm-hmm. and they'll redraw congressional lines. I've already talked about how, you know, the same thing happens at the state level and how the state lines were redrawn and how that affected Henderson County. But I also want to point out that this is something that happens here locally too. And if I remember correctly, not to poke any wounds. <laughs> But 10 years ago, uh, during the census time, I think we lost a JP. We did. We did. And that was a local decision. And that was driven because local, other than the commissioner's offices, no other county office is driven by a um, constitutional requirement, such as um the a representative type. The JPs are not representative forms as the way the commissioners are because you can have a few JPs or quite a few. I believe if you look at Harris County, I've lost count in how many Justice of the Peace operations that they have in Harris County to be able to provide the services that they do. Uh, locally, originally, we I say originally, 10 years ago, we did. We had five precincts. And what the commissioner's court at that time tried to do was to look at efficiency. And it was through that process and after the census when we got into the redistricting that we made a decision to do away with one JP precinct. 
Now, and redistricting is also really important because, and it's and it's difficult for um, at the county level because you want to balance the population for right. the different precincts for the commissioner precincts, right? However, you also want to make sure that like roads and the amount of roads and stuff like that are kind of equitable as well. To the best of the ability, but it has been uh, ruled in many court cases that that is not the purpose of redistricting. The purpose of redistricting is ensuring the integrity of the weight of each individual vote. So the road situation takes a back seat to the power of the individual's vote. Well, now, I know that in Henderson County, as far as I am aware, the... um the, the precincts share the road and bridge budget equally. So it's pretty much cut into four pieces, four right. equal pieces. And then each precinct gets to use that how they want. Right. And, and that is due to the two different uh, statutes that create our road and bridge funding. One is specifically road and bridge, and the other one is a referendum tax that was put in, I believe, in the 1950s called the Farm to Market and Flood Control Tax, which was originally enacted to help help build the farm-to-market systems that we have in Henderson County. We are very fortunate to have as many farm-to-market state-maintained highways as we do when many of our neighbors do not did not have that opportunity. Kaufman County, uh, I believe Van Zandt County, they did not have that opportunity. Well, that taxation is still in effect, and it is the major funding for road and bridge, and why the money is divided four ways is because it is based off of evaluations. The statute reads that the money collected for this purpose shall be spent within the precinct of which it is collected. It's just the FMFC. So so what we have here <laughs> is we have a census, and then we have a redistricting, and then we have precincts who are going to be uh, watching very closely how those lines are drawn because just a small movement of the line can mm-hmm. sometimes have a big impact on another side. They can. Uh, this will be the third redistricting that I have personally gone through in my time on the court. And the 2000 census caused for a very dramatic shift and in lines because we had such a huge growth around the Cedar Creek Lake area and such a small amount of growth in the southeastern quadrant of the county that you had to move population representation from one corner to the other without being directly tied when you're right at Athens. So there had to be quite a bit of shifting done. Ten years ago, we were not quite out of deviation because what you you cannot be five percent higher than the mean, the average, right. and you cannot be five percent below. So you have to keep all four of them within five percent of each other, and to do that is quite a lot of shifting. And ten years ago, when we did, we weren't quite out of alignment, but we felt for sure by the time we got to twenty twenty, we would be. So we went ahead and redistrict then as well, which was. Of the two I've been a part of, the easiest one that we had to, that we did. Now, and I don't know, obviously, what the census will show, but just from, um, you know, 
just from observation, the the, the Chandler area seems to mm-hmm. have grown quite a bit yes. to me over the last ten years, and it's the kind of thing that might require a change in our boundaries once census is done. It can. It was that growth in Chandler that drove our changes in 2010. Because if you look back and remember in 2007, when gas prices skyrocketed. Judge, I can't remember last week. (laughs) I I can't because it it was really hard when you're working with a road and bridge budget. When those prices, gasoline prices, escalated, I know that um, one school district on the western end of the county over that summer lost 100 students because people were commuting. They sold their house and they went and they moved west. Well, the Chandler area was just different. They were growing during that time. And they have continued to grow over this. And, and I see it really dictating much of what we end up being challenged with next year in our redistricting. So we have that coming, and it all hinges on the census. And that's why it's so important that our people take the time. And it's easy. Go to this U.S. Census website. And really It doesn't easy. take that long to do the information. Please yeah. go and do it. It also helps in things like uh, federal funding when the county applies for grants. I mean, these are the kinds of things that are going to have impact for the next 10 years to places like the Henderson County Help Center or the Crisis Center when they're applying for grants. And that really is the largest impact. What we see the largest impact from this information are for those organizations that apply for the grants for those very services. Yeah, and so I don't understand why people don't want to do it. I don't either. It's so easy now. I believe I did mine within five to ten minutes, sat down at the computer. Several months ago, we received a postcard that had a number on it. We sat down, entered it in. I was done five minutes. Okay, so there you go. We need to do the census. Yes. And you have till the end of this month. Yes. Uh, So make sure you do that and uh, have it on your... um, in your thoughts, friends, that uh, it's coming next year redistricting, <laughs> and we are going to have fun in county government next year. I remember uh, this is, I'm not like the judge. I have not gone through it three times. This will be my, wait a minute. Yes, you have. <laughs> this will be your third one. <laughs> okay, so on that... <laughs> In that case, I think you're right. I think in that case, we're going to move on and we're going to talk. Uh, each week we talk about COVID and where we are. Um, Judge, I'm going to give you the chance to uh, give us a rundown, the basic rundown of where the county is in the past week. And uh, then I have some new information that's just come out in the last week or so that has me red hot that I want to talk about. So go ahead. Well, basically, Michael, it continues, as we've spoken before, is that our trauma service area, the 19-county region that Henderson County is in, has continued along its plateau. I will say that we did realize the lowest number of individuals in the hospital for COVID since July 22nd, a few days ago. But again, 
those COVID-related hospitalizations are fluctuating. We have fluctuated between now 185 and 225, 230 for the last several weeks. And the, the trend on hospitalizations continues at this plateau, whereas when you contrast it with the state, the state has fallen since about the same time. It has decreased by 75 to 80 percent from a high of 11,000 to um, actually yesterday or day before yesterday to 3,500. So there has been a huge prog uh, progression of a decrease in hospitalization statewide. What continues to have TSAG on a plateau? There's who knows. We had the storm come in a few weeks ago. Um, we know that hospitals are constantly transferring patients one one reason or another it, it is it part of the demographic that we have that given that most of your rural population is of a higher age um, bracket than what is normally in the urban areas i know that uh, we are in a much better place today than we were many weeks ago all right so um i notice that you did that entire um, setup on how we're doing and never once talked about how many positive tests we've had. Michael, you know, and I'm sure many of your listeners know now, that with all of the different opinions, different stories, the it's this way one day, three days later, it's another. Basing decisions upon testing is only effective when you're looking at trends, and sometimes we even question those. Uh, testing is an indicator of what possibly could could come in the hospitalizations, but it is very fluid, whereas in hospitalizations, we have actual individuals that we can go and count. Testing, you either have a little bit, maybe a probable, or you are asymptomatic, or on the other extreme, if you have it and are very sick, you're in the hospital where we can count you. And you add in what is a recovery, how long the recovery. Uh, you and I have had so many discussions about it, and I'm almost ad nauseum of given that all of these numbers taken as trends are very helpful, but when you are working at specifics, that's something that is not concrete and hard, you're basically making assumptions. All right, so and I have a new one to throw at Here you. Here we go. <laughs> and it's interesting because I got this information. My son-in-law right. sent me a link to a podcast, the Ted Cruz podcast. No. Our center, uh, which is not normally the podcast I would listen to. No. But he sent it to me, and they had some really interesting information on that podcast about the sensitivity mm -hmm. of the COVID tests that we're using, the one where you go up your nose. Right. Okay. PCR. The P yes. Yes. And then I saw that in the New York Times in the last week, the New York Times has done a big story about the same exact subject, which is the sensitivity of the test. Now, to not get too deep into the weeds. We like the weeds. Though. <laughs> the, the, um, the, 
the point of view of both the New York Times and the Ted Cruz podcast, I want you to let that sink in. New York Times, the New York Times, Ted Cruz, and the Ted Cruz podcast are agreeing about this. Wow. The test has been set too sensitive. Too sensitive. Yeah. Now, I didn't okay. even know that this was a possibility okay. until like two days ago when I started <laughs> learning about this. Apparently, when you have tests for viruses, for these coronaviruses. Now, remember, COVID was the novel coronavirus, the right. new coronavirus. The new corona. Not because we had never seen a coronavirus before. We've seen those. The common cold is a coronavirus. But a new version. But a new version. There you go. So we knew about how to test for these things and those kinds of right. things. But we had to make this particular test. Apparently, you can set the sensitivity of the test, which the I did not know. The sensitivity. Correct. Being able to... Yeah. Well, here, it, what it is, is the best way to think of it, they're called in cycles, is how closely you have to look in order to find what you're looking for. Oh, okay. All right. So the CDC set the rule as the COVID test was to be between 37 and 40 cycles. Mm -hmm. Okay. What scientists are now saying, and doctors and, and virologists and immunologists and all the other ologists, by the way, in both the New York Times right. and the Ted Cruz podcast, <laughs> different groups of these experts are saying the same thing, which is it should have never been set higher than 30. So if it's set higher than 30, looking for something specific to the coronavirus. Correct. Being set higher than 30, it can find like pieces of the virus? Correct. So think about it like, do you remember um, the microscope? Mm -hmm. that we had when we were growing, right. and you turned it, and every time you turned it, you got, it got a, a bigger, bigger lens yes. and got different? Yes. Okay, so imagine it that way. You turn it to 30, and you got the 30 times one, and that's mm -hmm. what I can see. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to keep on turning it till I get to 40. Uh-huh. Now I can see that much closer. I got you. To find it. What the experts are saying, and one expert said in the New York Times... At that level, it's like finding a single hair in a room after like somebody left. Wow. One of the and and that's like they're starting off. to think that one of the reasons so many of these people are positive with no symptoms is because the test is so sensitive and set so high. That they're fine, and, and here's the thing: they are finding virus, right? Because they're, we're you, not saying they're not. Because you can have the virus, but not a significant load, as Correct. they say. Okay. The, the, the 37 to 40 cycles is so sensitive that they're not even finding an entire virus. What they're finding is a piece of a virus. Wow. And so maybe one of the reasons so many people are not symptomatic is because they don't have enough of the viral load in them. Now, 
add on to this that up until now, the test has either been yes or no. Right. Either you're positive or you're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, a lot of places have not kept the data on how many cycles it takes to find each test. But there are a few. There's a few. In, I think it's Massachusetts, they have the data. And in June, they had all of these positives. Massachusetts has their test set at 40. If that test had been set at 30 instead, the New York Times reported that between 85 and 90% of the positive cases would have disappeared. Really? And Ted Cruz's podcast agrees with that? And the New York Times both agree that that is the truth. (laughs) That cold front's coming through. That cold front is coming through, man. (laughs) I am telling you, we got the New York Times and Ted Ted Cruz agreeing on this. Well, that was one of the things that was so interesting that prior to COVID, and I'll just I'll just give an example. The standard practice was if you went to the doctor, yeah, and let's use the let's use the measles or sure. something like that. Um, if you were exhibiting the symptoms right. and they tested you and it came back positive, they said you have the it, you have the measles. Right. We look at it and we believe that it is. We'll test sure. it on. Well, if you went without a rash. But you had a test that said, oh, you've got the measles, but you're not exhibiting, but we're not sure. Yeah. So they would not classify you that way. Right. With COVID, it doesn't take both. Right. So we're, we're going to give the wow. CDC the benefit of the doubt and yes, say yes. that they said it so sensitively because they were in an abundance of caution and Agreed. they wanted to Agreed. make sure that this thing didn't spread. Okay. Well, and, you know, given we have seen the devastation that it's wrought right. for, the, for that group of individuals. And that, that is the thing. And I will say, too, this is, you know, don't think that this is these experts, by the way, both Ted Cruz podcast <laughs> and the New York Times said the same thing on this. Right. This is, does not mean there should not be a lot of tests and we should not be testing right. every right. chance we get. We should. Right. However, we should be using the rapid test, mm-hmm. which is less sensitive, which will come back quickly, and we will be able to target better target the people who are actually at risk right or at risk of being a spreader right rather than labeling all of these people who have so little of the virus that they're mm. probably not spreaders right um the way it was it, the way it was put out it's like you know, hunting rats with a with a howitzer i mean you know we're just we're just too big now the the testing is really important oh it is yes just the wrong test or the wrong the wrong sensitivity, sensitivity. Hmm. um and that this virus is still just as dangerous as anybody ever said but you and i said this from the very beginning uh, and it wasn't us it was everybody Ooh, right from the very start older people mm-hmm. and people with underlying conditions were right. the problem 
the um, big number that you've heard is the 94 and 6. That was the one from two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. The CDC said 6% of the people who died from COVID did not have another condition. Right. Well, what unfortunately that's come up to be is that 94% of the people died of something else and it's a lie. The Ted Cruz podcast right. said, no, that does not mean that 94% is fake news. No. It's not. Right. What it means is the danger of the coronavirus is that it attacks people with weakened immune systems and people who have underlying conditions. And those are the people that we should be most concerned about. Right. And those are the people that we should be protecting. Exactly. And it presents itself so differently. It may in one individual be respiratory. In other individuals, it may be gastric. Um, we've heard of all of these different things. In children, I believe they talked about, um, what was it, uh, the toe, a blue oh, toe? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Something you're going like way back, but I do remember that yeah. COVID toe. Yeah, um, or a rash in children. Yeah. And, and you understand of their the urgency that, sure. the, that there was. And sure. hindsight's twenty twenty. as you, as you look back. And the, and the worst part about anything is when you get to this thing and you want to turn the entire thing into a political football and, and you say that, oh, this is all happening because the other side wants to do something in the election. I really don't believe that. And that's pretty interesting because this has been politicized. Oh. And as you said, we have New York Times oh. on one side and our state Shh. senator, our... <laughs> Yeah, our U.S. senator, senator yeah. um, agreeing. Agreeing, and and it's really surprising to me. This is, and and I, um, I had a moment of, are you kidding me? Yeah. When I when I read about this stuff and listened about this stuff and researched it and saw that it was true, like, what? Yeah. Um, okay, now some other things make sense. Mm-hmm. We need to. We get this figured out because this is where we go back. And you and I have been doing saying this for weeks and weeks. Like the hospitalizations, watch that because that's like not everybody who's sick is in the hospital. However, that'll give us a reading on how sick right. our community is. Exactly. And what this is telling us is our community is not getting any sicker. It doesn't matter. I see the cases going up. I see the cases going up. But our community does not seem to be getting any sicker. That's correct. That's um, what the numbers have said. And that's what they've said for weeks and weeks for exactly. us. And that's when I go, oh, wait a minute. Here's a piece of the puzzle that we didn't have before. Are you kidding me? We can make the test more sensitive? Um, <laughs> all right, then. Well, that is an interesting fact. Well, as time moves on, as we said, hindsight's twenty twenty, and as we move forward and it gets better, that's why I have a lot of hope for what's coming. There was a time when all of us were very much in doubt of what was going to be coming, but issues like this were, were able to now, now that the numbers have come down as far as the fatalities and the hospitalizations, can now really look at it, and that's why I'm I'm very very uh, hopeful, and uh, 
I think I think 2021 is going to be a fantastic year. Well, it's got to be better than 2020. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to say this. We're going to say this, and I'm going to. I'm going to. I know you and I have talked about it many times. I'm sure you agree. Um, none of this means stop the big three. Oh, exactly. That we've been doing to try and help control this virus, and that is mask masks. Up. All right, now I'm going to say mask up in the proper situation, okay? If you're walking down the sidewalk by yourself, don't be, don't wear a mask. But that's why I always use the buff that's because right. I can pull it up and down when I need. But if you're going into the post office, if you're going into the grocery store, mm-hmm. whatever, throw the mask on. And you know why? It's not because we're asking, like, it's not going to protect you. We're asking you to protect your neighbor because you're going to walk by somebody that you don't know has a lowered immune right. immune system or has heart trouble or has, you know, respiratory problems or whatever. Any number of conditions. Any number of conditions. And we want to help protect them. So throw the mask up. The other thing is social distance. Because right. listen, and I talked to someone the other day about masks and it was like, I, I, I was um, surprised to see that they didn't really understand the reason for the mask. It's, it's simple. When we talk, little bits of water and, and mm-hmm. spittle comes out of our mouths. It's just normal. You know, we don't even see it because it's microscopic. However, that's the main way that this is being transferred. Right. Throw the mask on and that stuff doesn't go flying. At six feet, we're out of that range. That's right. That's why six feet is the standard number for social distancing, you know, um, it's not just touching or whatever. It's what's coming out of your mouth when you're talking. That's why we have the social distancing. And finally, wash, wash your, your hands. hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yeah. And here we go. We're entering flu season. Yeah. And hey, this Smart. this this is great for for flu season to begin with for everybody. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, those things are going to be good. And uh, I think that the most people. Uh, I was in the stands for uh, Athens High School's Friday night football game up in Waxahachie, and you could see people. They were, they were. I mean, I think everybody's starting to really understand it. You could see people sitting in family groups mm-hmm. who were social distanced away, and when they were social distanced, they all pulled down their masks and they were talking, you know. And then if they had to get up and go to the concession stand or whatever, they'd stand up, they throw the mask on as they walked through the crowd, right. get whatever. They came back to their family, sat down, mask came down. That's fine. I'm all about that. That's great. Um, But let's keep on doing that because it's working. It is. Something is working. Something is working. And that has been the one thing that has been consistent through this entire thing. Yeah. I I do think that um, I'm going to go out on this limb. I think it's about time for the governor to look at some of his – some of his rules that are in place, mm-hmm. some of his orders, might be time to rescind some of them, mm-hmm. um, at least partially. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure we should be opening restaurants 100 percent again. Um, but the socially distanced restaurants seem to be working well, and well, there are other organizations that probably deserve the same 
right the same right. chance and it is uh we get through we've gotten are getting through the reopening of schools uh labor day holiday is behind us now and that third item that i uh, couldn't remember last week was hurricane season hurricane mass season. migration if yeah. we can get through these i i foresee some relaxation coming pretty soon well and so far the beginning of school has been very positive it has i mean all across the county i know there were a lot of people that um noticed that the brownsboro bears football game got canceled last week Mm -hmm. Uh, athens is actually playing fairfield this week and i talked to coach harold today and he said that that was a shame because uh fairfield had a miscommunication that game got canceled because of possible covid case that wasn't even a COVID case. Oh. That, so that game never had to be canceled. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so yeah. even that was canceled incorrectly. But, you know, trying to be cautious, trying, trying to, to ca- make abundance sure. Of caution, yeah, abundance of caution. You know, right. and, and in the long run, that's probably the best. We want to take care of our people. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think we're in a positive, good place yeah. for COVID right now yeah, in too. Henderson County. I do too. Wow, we did a good one here on yeah. on COVID this time. Yeah, we did. Well, All so, right. I wonder what uh, article will be out next week. Yeah, I mean, we'll <laughs> learn something totally different next week. We'll find out. Well, I'm not even going to pretend to guess what we'll find out. I know that uh, I know that I wasn't uh, prepared to be saying that Ted Cruz and the New York Times. No, were not at agree. all. Um, so I don't know. Maybe well, maybe the, the, next week uh, President Trump and Joe Biden will get together and issue a joint statement. Ooh, it will get cold then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, we're going to wrap it up right there because we can't top that. Uh, thank you very much, Judge, for thank getting you. us a chance to talk about what's going on in the county. Guys, remember, fill in the census. Really, yes. really important. And we will see you next week. Appreciate you.